August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I have a excellent guest today. I'm really excited to dive into this person's experience because they have lived and breathed sales development for many years and can bring a lot of value to the conversation. Mr. Victor Baglio, Director of Sales Development at Bright Talk. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, David. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Before the show, we were talking about some awesome stuff that you're doing over at Bright Talk. And, you know, if people haven't met you, if they've been in a basically living in a cave somewhere, (laughs) not out in the sales development world, if they haven't met you, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, you know, how you got into sales development. Definitely. So I've been doing this for about seven years now. And the way I got into sales development leadership was an accident, like many of us do. I was working at a company on the peninsula. It was a supply chain management uh, cloud solution, and they had a deficiency in sales development. And I started to work on that problem with them as a sales development rep myself after working in sales at IBM. Kind of a curious story how I ended up there, but that's for another time. And I recognized really quickly that I really enjoyed the idea of helping others get ramped up quickly. So I was, I was working on a problem with ramping someone. I ramped that person in just a few months and that person was doing the job better than I could. And I remember going home and telling my wife, I don't think I'm going back to IBM because it was supposed to be a small stop I was doing. And my wife said, no. And I said, yes, I think I found my passion. I think I know exactly what I'm here to do. And so for the last seven years, my focus has been on growth. And I have a brand message for everyone that's kind of a challenge for leaders like like yourself, which is what are you growing today? So I grow three things. I grow people. I grow pipeline. And if I do those two things really well, then revenue grows naturally. So when you grow people to do the job that we do, they will naturally grow pipeline, get themselves hired in a closing role and start closing revenue for us. And that's nice. pretty much how I got into this. Okay. All right. So when you were when you got involved with 
onboarding people and bringing them up to speed. What is it that, that, you know, you drew you to that process uh, as far as the coaching, the mentorship, et cetera? Because that's so important, it seems. Oh, that's a great question. Years and years ago, I worked at Siebel Systems. It was one of my first jobs. And I had a, a great team of people around me that gave me some really great advice, very well intended. These are people that were not inside of the sales development organization that I was in because I always wanted to be an account exec. Many years later, when I was at Sterling Commerce in my first closing role, I looked back at that experience and I thought, that took way too long. And I started to recognize and realize some of the advice that I'd been given while well-intended wasn't exactly the advice that it should have been given. So when I was working with this one individual, I, I kept thinking about that experience how can I help this person grow? How can I help them get what they need? How can I help them get rent? How can I help them see the future? And it just started to click. And I literally get more excitement out of watching someone figure out what they want to do with the rest of their life than I ever did closing deals. And that's nice. part of the passion. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think back in my career and we're, we're kind of from the same generation. And yep. I had a, I think something you know, same with you that drew me to sales development is the fact that I didn't have a lot of like direct mentorship in my career, mm -hmm. you know, in my twenties and, and, you know, it was much more, I think, linear in those days in that yeah. you just like, just shut up and do your work, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, you, you're just kind of, if, if you're don't have a lot of direction and you're looking for some mentorship and you get that, then you're just even more kind of down a rabbit hole, it seems. Absolutely. It used to be just figure it out. Here's the book. I just put you through three days of HR training. You should be trained by now. So get on the phone. And yeah. that, that was, it wasn't quite like that at Siebel, but it was close to that. And we had some product value, but I think it was, you have to remember this was 2004. It was the great reboot that gave birth to some of the generational value that you and I are taking on right now in terms of recognizing and discovering the true value of a, a lead generation team. Okay. And so now you've got this experience, you've been running sales development yeah. teams. If you could kind of wave a magic wand and set up the program based on what you've seen working and not working, what, yeah. are, what are some of the things that you would address, you know, day one, week one, month one? Oh, Absolutely. Number one thing would be culture. We tend to take for granted, much in the same way our generation was, what the next generation of employees have gone through and what experiences that they've had. So I would like to abolish some of that early product training and initially start with just basic office 101, helping our young professionals integrate into the, into the company. Uh, giving them a space that is somewhat safe and not judgmental so that they can actually share the, the, the ideas that are going through their head. I mean, it must be just absolutely scary coming into an office these days. Half of this generation that I'm seeing, they haven't had very many part-time jobs. When I'm doing interviewing, I'm actually looking for internships now. Whereas prior, when I was looking at entry levels, I was looking for that part-time work on their resume. So I'm now down to internships. I don't know where most of our audience is going to be located, but here in California, we've got after dark driving rules. We've got hours restrictions. We've got weekend restrictions during school hours. 
there's all kinds of job-related restrictions on today's generation. So we're, we're kind of inheriting a, a workforce that has never really worked, except for the internships that they've had. You know, the average is two to four. That's just my loose number. And they're probably doing that a couple hours a day during a very short period. So I estimate that my average person is 120 to 200 hours of internship work, work under their belt. And it's not very directed work usually. It's just, I hope you showed up. Thank you for showing up. Could you go through these tables and help us organize data? It's not really a job or a work, a work experience that can help them understand and identify what the world of sales development is truly going to be for them. Okay, so you're finding that the recruits that you're bringing on board, are, are they don't have a lot of real-world experience. And so your, your thing, number one, is I have to set up the culture in yeah. my company to almost bring, bring these people into the workforce as professionals. Absolutely. That's amazing. You think that that's just a generational thing? You, you know, you, was it different for us? Or? I don't think so. I just think that they put more focus on it. Mm-hmm. I remember at Siebel, we were wearing uh, college shirts and <laughs> khakis or dress pants. And the year before, they got rid of ties. <laughs> so there, was a, there were rules like don't eat at your desk. We didn't have cell phone problems, but today we have cell phone problems, appropriate use. And I'm not just talking about some of the things we've read in the paper. I'm actually talking about the things that we don't read about, such as, hey, did you know when you play with your phone during the meeting, it makes me think you're not listening? Or during our power hour when we're making calls together as a team and laughing and such, when I see you playing with Twitter or or any other number of solutions, it makes me think that you're not engaged with the group. And they actually are. They're incredible multitaskers. But Helping them see the the see through the lenses of their peers and the people that they truly want to gain the trust of is part of the the cultural action action items that we work on as a team. Wow. Okay, that is interesting. I, I I've not had you know folks come on and and talk about that aspect of kind of bringing people into the professional world. Yeah. Okay, so how do you do that? Is that part of your onboarding program as part of your training program or is it just kind of a daily, you know, action that you take with them? A lot of this is personal, uh-huh. right? And if you do it wrong, it could lead to challenges later. So, I feel like a lot of people are here to do exactly what is right for the company. They're here to succeed. I rarely run into people that are intentionally failing. So, bringing them into a safe environment like a, like a conference room or taking them out to lunch, going on a walk around the block, talking to them about their day, asking them what's going on, you know, and just slowly inserting yourself into the conversation, what's going on, you seem a little bit distracted. They'll naturally ask you why. And then you can start talking about the things that you're seeing. And you'd be surprised at how many people would tell you that I didn't realize that it, it does that. And that opens a dialogue for ways that you can help them improve. And we're picking on a very easy thing, but there's some more difficult conversations, such as how do you teach somebody to listen and not interrupt people? I know that sounds simple, but there's such a text generation that they're used to rapid fire conversations and, and teaching them that you have to wait for your turn and your opportunity to speak. You know, that's, part of the, that's part of the conversation and culture as well. It sounds like you're you're building trust within the team yeah. 
by treating yeah. people like human beings and and not just a number and laying that trust foundation. Now, what I I tend to think on the flip side of that is there's still a very old school mentality of sales development where hey, it's just numbers, pound the phone, make 500 phone calls every day and you know, if you if you're not hitting your numbers, you're out of here, you know? And it's it sounds like you're you're taking it from a completely different approach. We've all had that manager that's come up and said, "Hey, you're not doing X," and then they disappear, and you start taking care of X, <laughs> and then they show up again. They're like, "You're not doing Y," and then they, you start taking care of X and Y. Then they come in, and they just, you know, I feel like a lot of people are dealing with that. And the best way for me to help them hit those numbers and get to that point where they can manage those numbers is to help them take care of the distractions. And some of those distractions are simply figuring out where they need to be in the conversation or where they need to be in their role and how they'd like to present themselves and how they'd like to grow. I'm talking about things that that may not be, how can I say this? They're not always the negative conventions. So playing with your phone might be okay in some office cultures. That's great. But what about the ones that aren't? If they're, if they're worried or not, if they don't understand why something is not allowed, whatever that item will be, how can you ever expect them to hit their number? They're, they're going to have anxiety that's going to bleed into the phone. So I want them to be at their best. I want them to be relaxed. I want them to feel supported. I want them to feel like they're in a family and that everybody around them has got their best interests at heart. And then all I'm asking them to do is give their best winning effort. And that's actually my theme for my teams. The only thing I ever ask is a winning effort. If you can give me a winning effort, I'll be fine with the results. August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10bound.com conference to get your tickets today. That's 10bound.com conference. And how, how do you, you know, sales development is, you know, it can be pretty tough out there with all the negativity and the, the rejection that people have yeah. to face every day. And yeah. how do you say you've built this trust foundation and you've built almost like a family atmosphere. You, they know that you've, that you've got their back and they feel like they can perform. How do you deal with the inevitable, you know, downswings in morale or on the individual level or the team level where they're just like, dude, the, I'm just hitting my head against the wall here. Well, that that's where we take a moment and just realize that it's time to take a break. It, that is yeah. where we do something like have a contest. If you've got something in your office, like a dartboard or a basketball hoop or something, create a game and, and grab your team and say, you know what? You guys have put in a ton of work. We're calling this at noon. We're having beers. We'll play some games, let off some steam. And then on Monday, we're going to figure out what we're going to figure this out together. Uh, but everybody come on Monday with some ideas. Let's go have some fun. That's, 
love that's it. a generalism, but the, I like to break the monotony. I, I believe that everybody's trying. I, I rarely run into a situation where I think people are not trying. Sometimes they're lost and sometimes they need coaching. But in general, if you want to build a winning culture, if you want to build an environment where people truly come to work and enjoy what they're doing, you have to, one, put them into a place that they're going to feel safe. And then two, you have to work on your empowerment level. And part of what I just talked about in terms of making sure you save some space for, for fun is empowering the employees to, to know when the right thing is, when to do the right things. Excuse me, I got a little tongue tied. <laughs> right. So in other words, you know, making sure that everyone knows, okay, now is the time for the power hour. We're going to go yep. hard on this. Now is the time for fun. Let's, let's yep. you know, blow off some steam here and not kind of, I think what happens while I'm listening to you, it's like people kind of bleed everything together and they yes. get, they get very distracted and off task. And next thing you know, you know, it's, it's off the rails. It goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they overwork. It's like, they're not making their number and they're the highest dialer on your team. They've absorbed and they're demonstrating every skill set that you've given them. And maybe it's a timing thing with their territory. It's any number of things. I mean, so much yeah. of what we do is outside of the control box. And then that person's putting in, you know, you come in at 630 and they're at their desk and then you leave at 630 and they're still there. And you see that for a couple of days. And as a manager, you need to jump in. Because that person's about to burn themselves out. You need to jump in and, and help them. But then on the flip side, like you were just saying, it all bleeds together and it goes the other way, which is not knowing where the healthy boundaries are, where the appropriate task level management should be, where the appropriate investment energy should be. Like you were saying, it's power hour time. It's time to get serious. Put my phone down. Make sure I have my list up. Make sure all my pre-call research I did last night is, is ready. Off I go. Yeah. No, it's so funny. It reminds me of this guy that he was an SDR and we kept, he, he kept sleeping in different parts of the office. Like I would, I would get emails and he was sleeping somewhere. <laughs> like, uh, I won't mention who it is, but you know, and yeah, that talk about bleeding the line, but I mean, and also outside we're talking people that are, they're still in like party stage. Right. So right. you never know. I mean, they, they might be sometimes they drag in, they've been on an all nighter and they're just like, dude, are you okay? You right. Know, so. <laughs> That's funny. So. You should bring that up. My, my, my cultural attitude has been, I'll tell you guys a story. Well, I was at a company. I was, it was one of my partial stops. I did a tour of, uh, startups after that one company because I wanted to see what every, what companies were like at every stage of, of initial development. So I went to a series A then I went to Series B, and then I went to Series C before I landed at Intact. And along the way, I was at a company where somebody came up to me and said, have you seen, I'm going to call him Mike. It's not Mike, but I'll call him Mike. Have you seen Mike? I'm like, no. That's where it Well, I haven't seen Mike all day. I'm like, okay. And then a few minutes later, that same person comes back and goes, you're not concerned. I'm like, I don't know where Mike is. He might be running around the block. He might be at the gym. He might be picking up his dry cleaning. But I know something about Mike. He hits his numbers, and I bet you when he comes back, he's going to bring his next idea with him. If it helps him make his number, I don't care what he's doing. Just as long as he sets the standard for what we do for call volume and activity, and he hits his number and brings a positive spirit to our team. That's all I care about. Nice. That's, that's all a manager should need in order to be successful, is to believe in their people. Right. 
Exactly. And so you, I love I love the way that you you look at your team and how you formulate it. I think people can learn a lot from this. Now, let's flip it over to how do you interact with the sen- you know, more senior executives, be it the CEO or whoever is sort of managing the departments and on aggregate that you have to might report to or interact with because they kind of are looking at just the numbers, you know, and yeah. they, they, or they're like, Hey, where's Mike? You know, there's like kind of two different <laughs> things that they're coming at you with. How do you interact with the senior leadership? Oh yeah. On that level, when they ask where Mike is, of course you give a very strict and direct answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's no. being reprimanded, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually say I'll find out. And mm. then, you know, we figure out what the, I also ask what they need. But generally speaking, as an SDR leader, we're often asked for what I call a measure of confidence. What the company that we're working at anywhere we're at is really looking for is the ability to say, I know with great, greater confidence what my pipeline is going to look like tomorrow. And that pipeline is has got a couple of elements to it. That pipeline is is the opportunity pipeline. It is the people pipeline, and then it's also the what I'd call the renewal the renewable pipeline. And most people, I'll start with the last one. People don't really look at it as a renewable pipeline, but I've always looked at sales development as a hybrid of marketing and sales. We're out there having phone calls and ma- leaving voicemails to humanize the messaging. With the, in the world of bots and, and mass calling capabilities and such, we're all getting flooded with voicemails and emails and in-mails and such. But when you hear a voicemail that says, this is Victor Baglio calling for Bright Talk, I just wanted to follow up on my email and let you know there's an event coming up that's probably going to be a great fit for you. I know that that person is a real person now. All of that, all of those things that I've received are now real. And I might already be a customer, but he doesn't know it yet because I'm part of a subsidiary. Now I might go to the webinar. I might look at the site. I go back to the office. We should add the extra service. So that's, 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 that's the renewable layer. We go to the sales pipeline. That's, that's easy. The people pipeline. Everyone who's in sales development or in sales leadership realizes that the ramp numbers, 12 to 15 months to hire someone from the outside to close business for you. That means that it's going to be 12 to 15 months before they are, they're good at or they're, they're comfortable with closing, they're comfortable with product, they're comfortable with culture, they're comfortable with legal and document and legal and contracting, and they're comfortable with um, servicing their customers. If I take an SDR out of the pool and drop them in in an urgent high growth time and they know everything that they need to know as far as those things I've already mentioned, maybe they don't know legal and contract and maybe they don't know how to sell. But as a sales manager, if those are the only two things I have to focus on, awesome. I don't have any fears. They already know that we have a company, weird company culture where nobody eats at their desk, right? By the way, I'd never work at a company like that, but generally speaking, you get the idea. You get the idea here, right? I don't want anyone to think that that's where I work with right now is like that at all. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's it's we're delivering confidence in our conversations. It is kind of a language unto itself when you can go into the room and know your number, and that's the theme 
for how I talk to other people and how I teach my SDRs to interact with others as well. Know your number. And then people usually ask, which number is that? I said, any number you own. Know it. I love it. I love it. And have you ever, have you ever been in a situation where a more senior leader tries to get you to run a campaign or do something that you don't think will work? And you know, how, how do you deal (laughs) with that situation? Absolutely. But if you have a fail mentality, you should be willing to try it. Everybody should try, unless it's really a really bad way of doing something, or it's going to be a giant, like uh, sapping of your resources, you should try it. So people in that situation will come to me with a fantastic idea and they've been chewing on it for a while. And I'm, I'm usually honored and happy that they thought of me because they're usually really passionate and excited about this idea. So they're way ahead of me and they've got this really big program plan and they're going to reach these giant, giant masses And it's just, wait, let me understand. Once I understand what they're trying to do, what their messaging goals are really about and how it'll help us fill our funnel, I usually make a few recommendations based on my experience because often they don't have the sales development point of view that we have. So I take that, take a look at at what we can do, and then I try to negotiate with them to do a small version or a call it a beta version of that program. And if I can get that program going, then with greater success, then we've all learned something. We've all tried a strategy that we wouldn't have otherwise done. And that's kind of my goal with every idea. There has to be something in every idea that we can learn from. Nice. That is, that's actually, I, that's a really good point. So you take the idea and you go, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to recalibrate the entire sales development program to run your idea. Let's, try it with one person for a while and see how it works. And then I'll get back to you and, you know, perhaps, you know, we'll expand it based on the results that we're getting, but it's not necessarily, you know, we're just going to derail the whole program for your idea. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as there's metrics, remember, know your number. As long as there's a metric that we can all point to as a, as a measure of success, then almost everybody I've worked with can live with that. Very rarely do I get people, that come to me that want to do something just because. Know your and, number, man. Yeah. I, love, I mean, if there's one thing that you take away, especially, you know, with dealing with the senior executives is know your number, whatever that might be. And I like the way that you put it. It's, it's a people pipeline, it's opportunity pipeline, and then the renewable pipeline. Great advice. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And now let me ask you this, shifting gears a little bit. So sure. for the for the people that are getting into becoming an SDR or it might be their first job, what are two or three things that you would recommend people do to, you know, show up on Victor's team, be number one, <laughs> you know, be number one and and you know, sky's the limit at your company if they do a few things? I think that the first thing you need to do is come in completely prepared. And that, mm. that, that can be so nebulous and difficult to describe. But what I'm talking about is come in prepared to just learn. Eliminate all the distractions that you have. Come in, listen, ask questions, collaborate. Don't take sides. And really, really challenge yourself to absorb as much as you can. The biggest formula part of that is being prepared. 
planning is such a big part of our lives in sales. When people talk about opportunity and luck, the difference is exactly like whoever wrote that was. I can't remember who was that coined this. But the difference is, is this. is The person that plans well is open to far more opportunities than the person who has not. And oftentimes the person that has not planned, they'll just call it luck. Well, you just have to be standing in the right place. No, I actually planned to be standing here so I could catch that outlier if it happened to show up. That's a big deal in this, in this, in this model. And so I always encourage people to do the little things. It's, we've all seen the Facebook, YouTube video of the Admiral talking about make your bed. It starts with a small thing like that, and it snowballs into the rest of the day, such as making sure you have your lunch prepared or your lunch plans ready so that you know when it's time to eat lunch, knowing how often you need to uh, take a mental break, knowing how much prep time you need to absorb material, knowing what your weaknesses are, knowing how to express your weaknesses, you know, all these things you've planned out so that you can just be anxiety-free, sitting there, smile on your face, just happy to be here with us because we're just as happy to be here with you as you are with us. And we want to make sure that you have the best start ever. Nice. I love it. I mean, and, and something you've come back to a few times, whether I think anybody listening, whether you're a senior executive or it's your first day on the job, is that distractions yeah. are just like a, I mean, it becomes worse every year. I, I do it. I mean, and I've been around for a long time. I think it, it becomes worse every year. You've got a supercomputer in your pocket, basically, yeah. your phone that, that has all the different social networks. You got the news, you got blah, 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 your kids, all this stuff. But it's, it's, I think really a differentiator is the ability to shut down those distractions and really focus and plan, just like what you're saying. Definitely. Definitely. Amazing. I love it. Well, Victor, dude, this has been great, man. And, and I, I want um, everybody, if you haven't checked out Bright Talk, what, how does Bright Talk work? If, you know, if people are interested in going on there, I know it's got webinars and all these yeah. different subjects. How does it work? And how could people learn more about it if they wanted to check it out? So if you go to business.brighttalk.com, that's a great splash point okay. on our community. We basically have a number of different channels that cover many, many different industries. We have about 7 million viewers that view channels and content every month across some 75,000 channels. And the best way I can describe it, as much as I hate comparatives like this, we're what LinkedIn is to Facebook. And when I say that, we're kind of the B2B version of YouTube. So when you come to Bright Talk, what you'll find is professionals just like yourselves or professionals like the ones you want to prospect are every day looking at and viewing rich content and movies, I mean, not movies, webinars, excuse me, <laughs> that, that sometimes it feels like a movie. So There's the no cat videos. Fantastic. No, no cat videos. <laughs> and they're learning about real world needs and issues. So today, on the day that we're talking today, the RSA event here in San Francisco is happening. There's some 2,000 vendors there, and they're talking about information security there. We have an extremely large community of customers. And if you go into that community, you're going to see a rich, detailed environment that's open to anybody who wants to view it. And so what we do with all of that information is we help marketers target and find people who are truly looking to solve real-world problems. 
and uh, some of it's organic and free, and some of it's a paid subscription. But we're in this to help people. That's probably what attracted me most to this company is is that you, as you heard in the beginning, I'm all about helping people grow and get there. This company through and through is about helping people grow and get there. I love it. I love it. And God, I don't know. Are you, are you hiring? Because if I was listening yeah, to this, absolutely. I would drop everything and go work for Victor because <laughs> it's a heck of a lot better than some jerk, you know, walking around with a clipboard and uh, yelling at you to make more calls. Man. <laughs> too kind. Yeah, Great actually, actually, I am. Okay. I have a I have a global SDR team. If you come by our website and take a look at the careers, we're not just hiring SDRs. We're hiring salespeople. We're growing fairly quickly at the moment. And, you know, we'd love to meet some of your friends, David. Awesome. Okay. Well, there you go, everybody. So hit up uh, Victor on uh, <laughs> on on LinkedIn. Go over to Bright Talk and, and, and log in. And Victor, thank you so much for sharing your philosophy with us. And we'll see you over on Bright Talk. Thank you so much, David. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.